This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. Politics have become a battlefield and it's set to intensify in the build-up to the ANC's elective conference. We preview what appears to be a two-horse race for the leadership of the party and ultimately the country. The African National Congress is a party full of bold promises. With the help of Fiona and other comrades, we are going to build her a brand new house. After the so-called 10 wasted years, it promised better service delivery to rebuild the economy, root out corruption and self-correct. It's a long to-do list in its renewal project. As the party gears up for its 55th National Elective Conference, its position as the leader of society has never been more precarious. In ways where it matters, sustaining the trust of the general South African population, it is very weak in that respect. Professor Susan Boyson is a researcher, analyst and author. For her, the party's first task will be to revamp itself building on the sentiments of the step-aside rule which requires members facing criminal charges to step away from their organisational roles. It's helped create an aura of this is the end of total lack of accountability for wrongdoing. But then we know there are so many new cases that arise that there is almost not a leader in sight against whom there are not serious questions. After a year of canvassing branches, two names go head-to-head, vying for the position of party president. When we joined African National Congress, the reward was not a tenor. The reward was not a position as a councillor, MP or a member of parliament or a minister. Zuelim Kize always one of the favourites for the party presidency, is facing serious allegations of fraud and corruption and the 150 million rand digital vibes tender scandal first investigated by the Daily Maverick. He's going into this election, working on the campaign that this is a political campaign against him. We know that William Kizzi argues that the SIU reached their conclusions prematurely. Mkize rejects the allegations. Let me categorically state that I have not personally benefited from this contract. But he isn't the only one with serious allegations to answer to. In 2020, millions in foreign currency were stolen from President Cyril Ramaphosa's private game farm. Now the president faces a criminal charge for allegedly not reporting the theft. Uh, In my book, Honorable Speaker, it was reporting a crime to the police when I did inform a police general. Ramaphosa has also denied that keeping the cash in his home was akin to money laundering. It's a scandal that has tarnished his name and standing in the party. The fact that there has been so much beating around the bush, 
on the Balabal allegations. The fact that he's not just stepped up and made a very clear-cut answer, I think that's really impacting his campaign in a big way. This week, the panel of independent experts appointed to determine whether the president has a criminal case to answer to will hand over its findings to parliament. Once a criminal investigation gets underway, President Ramaphosa would be forced to step aside from his duties as leader of the ANC. And this could potentially see him ousted from his office as president of the country. And that could make 2024's general election the most uncertain yet. Dr. Mtimka, thank you so much for joining us. Let's get straight into it. With the possible impeachment inquiry hanging over President Cyril Ramaphosa, corruption scandal hanging over Dr. Zuelim Kize, they don't seem to have really good candidates here. Absolutely not. So when the ANC introduced the electoral committee and the rules that it was going to apply to determine whether someone had been duly nominated, they did say that they were going to apply criteria which was broader than the legalistic criteria for determining who should step aside. So I expected that one of the seismic events leading up to the conference was going to be when they finally give their report as to who is nominated. I think that it was a huge political ask from them to say, do you rattle feathers and tell both President Cyril Ramaphosa and Dr. Zulim Kiza that, in fact, you've brought the party into disrepute and therefore your name is not going to make the cut. Uh, it would have thrown the party into a tailspin. But now that they have gone past that you know, milestone, the two candidates that are leading, and it looks like the ANC has gone back to its old ways of head in the sand. This is what uh, we are offering to South, not just the membership, but South Africa at large. And hence the flirting with chaos thesis. And talking about flirting with chaos, they've broadened the scope, as you're saying. So has this allowed for not so credible leaders to stand? So the integrity committee, when the rules were crafted as to who must step aside, the politicians among themselves compromised on this issue of not taking the whole Rule 25 of the ANC that defines acts of misconduct, both in terms of the morals as well as the ethical issues, but limited its application only to matters of whether you've been charged. Mm -hmm. Now, when the Electoral Committee introduced its work, they positioned it as though they were going to redeem Rule 25 of the ANC and apply to their criteria the broader criteria. However, the outcome is one that acknowledges the power-centric nature in which these campaigns happen, where because of the power brokering from national to provincial and local levels, you have the candidates that you have. Then the moralistic question of sifting through the names from a moral and ethical point of view was again subservient to that uh, you know, process, despite the fact that the Electoral Committee had empower, empowered itself by broadening its scope of focus. But when they started speaking about what they had applied in terms of determining who had been duly nominated, they started saying things like, it was not enough for someone to have brought the party into disrepute. There needed to be a processing within the party mm. of the allegations such that either the Integrity Committee or the Disciplinary Committee 
had made a pronouncement. I guess that then limited the extent to which the electoral committee could say on the basis of bringing the party into disrepute, these candidates are not going to be, you know, accepted. Why does it seem that the question of moral ambiguity doesn't seem to bother the party? First of all, the question is important because throughout history, the ANC has had people of good repute lead it. You had chiefs, you had reverends, uh, highly educated men and women uh, throughout its history. To that extent, in 2001, in the early 2000s, it introduced through the eye of the needle. In 2012, introduced a document on leadership renewal. So it has been attempting to actually apply itself in its both official documents and its rhetoric about the special cadre that's required to lead. However, without fail, or in fact, it has failed every year or every conference to make sure that that which is provided for in its constitution, in its resolutions on organizational renewal, finds expression in candidate selection processes. They tried it with local government elections last year, at least the electoral committee, you know, in 2021, they were able to say, have a degree in order to become part of the executive leadership of municipalities. And then when they introduced these rules they were going to apply this year, I thought, wow, for the first time, the ANC has given itself a fighting chance against unscrupulous politicians who mobilize and leverage but it's failed now to actually give it effect when it matters most. That's why I'm really looking forward to this elective conference in December. Thank you so much. So who will claim victory in a divided ruling party and evasive President Cyril Ramaphosa or a seemingly compromised Suelim Kize? The ANC clearly has a lot of introspection to do if it hopes to win the favor of South Africans. But will the party survive the process of realigning its moral compass? Thanks for joining yet another episode of Carte Blanche, the podcast. Keep the conversation going online. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram. Don't forget to rate and review us. Your feedback is always appreciated. And subscribe to our podcast to ensure you don't miss a single episode.